I'm Aaron Hinkin. This is the Maryland Curiosity Bureau. My name is Kristen Fuller, and my question is, who is covering the graffiti in Baltimore City, and what materials are they using to do it? Kristen, what's your interest in this uh, subject? I passed a wall on my way to my studio one day. I'm a visual artist, and um, it attracted me because it had what looked like paint flaking off of it. I basically started harvesting that graffiti, and I use it in my artwork now, like literally as a collage piece. Kristen, we are uh, sitting here in your studio in the Fox Building uh, near Hamden, and surrounding us are these canvases with repurposed flakes of graffiti paint that you've uh, chipped off of walls, I guess, right? Correct. Yeah. I, I almost think of it also as like an anonymous collaboration. These these graffiti artists don't know that I'm using their work probably, but they've added to my um, experimentation with art and materials. Right here in front of us, as we're talking in your studio, is one of the pieces you've been working on most recently. Talk about what we're looking at, how it was made, and, and the idea behind it. Okay. Um, so it's a, a 36 by 36 inch canvas stretched and um, it has ripped and cut pieces of this paper that I've taken off the wall, the graffiti. It's also mixed with some brightly colored paints, mainly oils and a little bit of acrylic and also some newspaper. Kristen, this is a fascinating question. You ask it from a fascinating perspective. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what we can figure out for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, My name is uh, Tony Clark, and I've been doing graffiti removal for about 20 years now in the city of Baltimore. My name is Eric Ford. I'm a laborer. I've been here almost 22 years. Mr. Clark and Mr. Ford are out here early on a chilly weekday morning at the intersection of Howard Street and Druid Hill Avenue. They're wearing dark green coveralls, neon yellow caps, and rubber work boots. they got a box truck parked nearby, and in the back, among other things, is a lot of paint. Brown paint, red paint, black paint. Almond paint, white paint, green paint, blue paint, basic colors. The guys can mix these colors on site to try to match the surfaces they need to cover over. But the job this morning looks like an easy one. A sign at a bus stop that's got a squiggly white tag scribbled on it. Just a simple tag that somebody wanted to put in. Yeah. And luckily it's a it's a black background, so you're just slapping some black paint over it. Black paint right over, cover it right up. Yeah. Mr. Clark snaps a quick before photo. Mr. Ford brushes on a thick coat of paint over the tag. Mr. Clark snaps an after photo for the work file, and voila, one job down. Only about 75,000 to go. This is Baltimore Banner reporter Hallie Miller rolling with me. This episode, I have Hallie to thank for putting me in touch with Mr. Clark and Mr. Ford. She met them while she was out doing a report on graffiti removal efforts for the Banner series Better Baltimore. Hallie, uh, thanks for connecting me with these guys and for joining me this episode. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you got to hang out with Mr. Clark and Mr. Ford. They are just incredibly positive guys who are totally unfazed by the scale of the job they have to do every day. By the way, you know how long the two of them have been working together, right? 20 years. And uh, and you can tell. It's like a marriage, actually. For real, for real. See, he have nothing but sisters. And when I came in his life, he called me his big brother. So, and the funny thing about it, we got the same sign. He was born... October the 7th. I was born October the 6th. I'm three years older than him. We known each other's mother. Yeah. Our family, my mm-hmm. son. We seen each other go through the good and bad. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that we, I enjoyed working with him over the years because his work ethic is like mine, vice versa. 
So, Hallie, we're going to spend some more time with these guys out on Howard Street in a few minutes. But first, some backstory. How long has the city been battling graffiti? What kinds of resources do they have? So Baltimore launched its graffiti unit. That's what they call the team back in 1990. And the idea was if you live in Baltimore and you see some graffiti that's an eyesore, whether it's on public property like a street sign or a sidewalk or on your own private property, you can call 311. You can make a complaint, and someone from the team will come out and remove it within three days free of charge. And this has never been a big team. We're talking about like eight people at the biggest. But this team has been going out like this and quietly doing these daily service requests for like 30 years. All the way up to 2020. And what happened in 2020? That's when former Mayor Jack Young cut the unit from the city's budget. The pandemic was ramping up, and you might remember Baltimore's DPW staff was getting hit hard by COVID infections. So city officials reassigned the graffiti team to help with trash collection. So no more graffiti removal. Right. And you don't know what you got till it's gone. Turns out that graffiti removal service, small as it was, it was making a big difference. And of course, people didn't realize what a big difference until all of a sudden you look around and the whole city is tagged up. And city government heard about it. People started complaining so much they put the unit back to work in May of 2021. Except now... They have a year's worth of graffiti in the backlog. And the team is even smaller than it was before. Mr. Clark and Mr. Ford, they're now a full half of the squad. So four people in total on the graffiti unit. Four people. All right, so we're here at the uh, corner of uh, Howard Monument Street. And uh, the guys are pulling a big hose out of the back of the truck here. They've got uh, plastic visors on. Let's see what we can, if we can get them to explain what's going on. We'll just use the machine to remove that. This is the dustless blaster. Yeah, and wash your face. Uh, a couple of notes here on the anti-graffiti arsenal these guys are working with. In the back of their truck, along with the different colored paints, they've got a chemical solvent called FX88. That takes the paint off smooth metal surfaces. And then there's this thing you hear hissing in the background. The team used to use a sandblaster, but this machine is a big step up, a dustless blaster. It's more environmentally friendly and less damaging to surfaces. And man, this thing is powerful. It's basically a fire hose connected to a giant green compressor that's about the size of a refrigerator. They're using it here to get some spray paint off a brick wall at a light rail stop. It's shooting this high-pressure cone of vapor at the wall, and it looks like you have to hold on to this thing for dear life when you're operating it. That thing bad, ain't it? Yeah, you know, that's you're not going to find a power washer like that at Home Depot. If you're counting, that's the second job these guys have done so far this morning, and their to-do list is daunting. They're expected to remediate 16 service requests a day, and that doesn't count the graffiti they spot and fix on their own. Those are called proactive jobs. Like that black sign at the bus stop. They just took it on themselves to fix that, even though it wasn't on their list. Right. The division has annual goals of completing 75 to 80,000 service requests a year. And they used to hit pretty much those goals. But for the past couple of years, they've only gotten about halfway there, 45,000 a year or so in 2020 and 2021. Presumably because the team is so small now. Yeah. The team's supervisor, Yolanda Kaysen, is hoping to staff them up again. The unit got about $300,000 in fiscal year 2023, which is a substantial bump up from the year before. And if you talk to Ms. Kaysen, it sounds like they really need it. They are just plain outmatched by the taggers right now. It's frustrating to me because going back every week or you see their work done today and then you drive by tomorrow 
and it's like the graffiti artists are waiting for us to give them a clear palette because as soon as it's done they're back but um, we're doing our best to try to restore the city to the beautiful charm city that it is. You're listening to the Maryland Curiosity Bureau. Coming up, we'll talk about where most of the city's graffiti service requests are coming from, and we'll hear from Mr. Ford and Mr. Clark about what it's like to do a job you know is going to get undone over and over again. You know, you can get it. You can go ahead and clean it. It might be back there the next day. More in a moment. Allie Miller, you had the help of Banner data reporter Ryan Little when you reported this story. Uh, What was Ryan able to gather about where in the city the most graffiti removal requests come from? Yeah, Ryan put in some serious research work, and he learned that by far the neighborhoods that put in the most 311 removal calls are Midtown Belvedere. That's the neighborhood between Micah and Station North and Greenmount West. And then after that, it's Charles North. Both those neighborhoods have had more than 800 calls each since the beginning of 2020. And we should say these are the neighborhoods that put in the most requests, not necessarily where there's the most graffiti. And one thing the graffiti unit will hammer home to you when you talk to them is that this is a free city service. It's just that people don't know it's available or that it even exists. Yeah, and they'll tell you what a relief it is for people when they do find out about the service and call and get help, uh, especially if it's graffiti that's on their personal property. i give you an example. We was at a monument and Lakewood years mm. ago, and they put something on this lady's shop. It was so bad. Mm-hmm. It was personal. Mm-hmm. And she called us. I said, Miss, do not worry about that. We will remove it. We removed it for hydrant and sandblast, and they never put it back, and she was so happy, man. If you would have seen what they put on her shop, you would not believe. And, and, and we made us feel good that we could help her. That's how I met my son mother, doing graffiti. <laughs> That's how I met my son mother doing graffiti, right? She had something on her property, and I had to remove it. And I be, I said, I'm going to call her, right? And I went back, and we got, I wind, we wind up getting engaged and all that stuff and having a child and whatnot, living together. And that's how I met my son mother doing graffiti. True story. <laughs> Talk about the uh, different kinds of words and images that you see over and over again. It seems like its own secret language, yeah? You must sort of be kind of a code breaker at this. I mean, you must know what's out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've done a lot of gang stuff over the years who, who basically you don't really see anymore. No. You know, but, um, no. you know, um, even, even um, so now yeah. it's mostly people tagging, uh, maybe art students, um, people with their name all along. That's one popular mm-hmm. one right now mm-hmm. that you'll see. Yeah, it's a lot of tags. And some of the meanings, uh, mostly are expression of art. Um, you might get some that's degrading. Like yeah. we just had to do a park, a whole park vulgar stuff, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that you wouldn't want to talk about or see or show, yeah, but that's that's our job, that's what we do, and that's what, you know, we move, stuff. and people be happy, especially when we go to their homes. So a lot of it is just people scribbling their name, a lot of it is just, like, immature, vulgar stuff. Do you ever come across something where you're like, that's actually kind of a nice piece of art, yeah. but hey, I gotta do my job. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. but you still, you still gotta get it all, you know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like part of the game for graffiti taggers is to get up and put their stuff in hard-to-reach 
places. Exactly. Like, do, do you, talk about some yeah, of the adventures exactly. you guys have had getting up to oh, clean oh, that oh, stuff oh, off. Oh, wow. Remember, we used to be on the roof. Yeah. We have been as high as up on the Howard Street Bridge, sandblasting and stuff mm -hmm. like that. In conjunction with transportation, who also helps us as a team, because I've always tried to be a team player. Have you ever happened to meet any uh, graffiti writers face to face? Like, has anyone come up to you and been like, look, you know I'm out here doing this too. This is like my work you're getting rid of. Yeah, well, one, one, only one that time, one time that only happened to us. That was years ago, right? But it was, it was okay. It was cool, right? He, he knew what we was going to do, right? He sure he put it back. <laughs> yeah. So there's this myth, this Greek myth of this guy, Sisyphus, who got punished in the afterlife by having to push a boulder up a mountain every day, and a boulder would get up to the top of the mountain, and then at the end of the day it would roll down, and he had to get up the next day and start at the bottom and roll that boulder up the mountain. I was thinking of this myth when I was thinking about you guys. Does your job ever feel like that? It's kind of like an endless cycle, huh? Yeah, well, I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, sure. I enjoy it. But no, I never feel that way. Like, yeah, damn, we got to do this today. I got to ride all the way over here. I got to ride over here. But when we get there and do the job and the after effect of what we do, and you see what we did, I'm like, wow. And then the people are like, thank you. Yeah, mostly the residents. What I like about it, because they'd be just so unhappy. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it, Dad. It's going to be all right. Then when they come back, oh, man, wow, oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know what I like that. It's actually a free service. Yeah, you pay your taxes, but it's actually like a free, free service. You know, when, when back in 2002 when I first started doing this, because I started and was doing other stuff, but I got tapped to do this and railroaded to do it, really. But I loved it. After two weeks, I had it down pat. So I came up with a name. I called it the beautification program, right? So we go around and we actually beautify the city. Yeah, we actually beautify the city. Hallie, you've spent time hanging out on the job with these guys, Mr. Clark and Mr. Ford. You have reported on their work, on the sheer scale of what they're up against every day. What strikes you about this story? What's your takeaway? I think what's important about the story is simply that these guys do their job really well. But they do it quietly and without fanfare. No one even knows they're out here making a difference until they stop, like when the unit got disbanded for a while back in 2021. And now they're playing catch up with the reduced force, but they just keep plugging away. Yeah. And, you know, I think for a job that gets undone over and over again on a nightly basis by the taggers, you do get the sense that these guys really seem to enjoy their work and they find meaning and purpose in it because... They do get genuine gratitude from the people who put those calls in uh, when they show up and take care of the problem. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, that they don't necessarily have any ill will toward the graffiti writers. You know, when I was out with them, they were removing a tag from a school sidewalk that said, Unity, Peace, Justice, Liberation for All Earthlings. It was in pink. And they told me that they genuinely liked the message, but, you know, you do your job. Right. Let's go ahead and uh, give the last word to Mr. Clark and Mr. Ford. If you are a graffiti writer out there in Baltimore right now, this message is for you. Here's what the guys want you to know. Yeah, keep on tagging. We keep on removing it. Yeah, yeah, yep. Just keep it being a job. <laughs> don't destroy people's private property. Prop, don't, don't tag. If you want to tag, yeah, we can't stop you from tag. Yeah. But we are the graffiti removal team of Baltimore City. So if I get a service request, I will remove it, cover it, or take it away. But don't destroy no, people's people property. property. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that, that, right? You know, don't people do don't know that. They might can call us and get it off. But people don't want that. Man, there's people's homes they destroy. You don't do that. 
on that note, we are going to turn back to our listener who asked this week's question, Kristen Fuller. Uh, you met the graffiti removal unit of Baltimore City uh, in this story. What are you left thinking here at the end of this story? I think it's really interesting that they, uh, knowing that their work is going to be undone within, you know, hours or days, that they, they stick with it and, and they're proud of their work and, and they should be. They're really helping the, the city look better. Kristen, I was thinking about your work on canvases where you take these chips of paint from uh, walls that have got layers and layers of graffiti. And uh, it, it makes you realize that this cycle of tag, cover up, tag, cover up, ends up becoming this uh, historical document that if you get up close and peel apart the layers, you, you see history. Absolutely. Um, I believe that the hand of the artist is in each one of those layers. And even though it's covered, um, layer after layer has a history to it. It has that hand of the artist. And I feel very fortunate that I'm able to use that in my work. It's been fascinating meeting you and seeing your work. I hope you don't mind if uh, I take a couple pictures in here and post some of your uh, creations on our website. And uh, thank you also for a, a fascinating question. I learned a lot. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of the Maryland Curiosity Bureau, an original production of Your Public Radio in partnership with the Baltimore Banner. Big thanks this episode to Banner reporter Hallie Miller. You can find Hallie's stories online at thebaltimorebanner.com. And uh, if you want to see some photos of Mr. Clark and Mr. Ford at work with the Dustless Blaster, here's where you want to go for that, wypr.org slash curiosity. I've also got some photos up there of listener Kristen Fuller's mixed media canvases. And of course, that is the site where you can put me to work on a question of your own. The site again, wypr.org slash curiosity. And uh, if you like the show and you want to do us a favor, you can always leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever app you listen on, just a line or two. Your words do go a long way toward helping other curious listeners discover the program. So thanks. I appreciate you. For the Maryland Curiosity Bureau, I'm Aaron Hankin. Thanks for listening. Be in touch. And we'll do it again next week. The Maryland Curiosity Bureau is made possible with grant support from the Peel Center for Baltimore History and Architecture. Online at thepeelcenter.org.